It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, the Burt Show. Been family meeting after family meeting on the Burnt Show this week. It's a little bit tense. I told you guys, unfortunately, my engagement is off. Rebecca this morning, our producer, uh, told you guys that she's got tongue cancer that she is working through. And now we find out that Kristen has tension and beef with somebody here on the show. I do not have tension and beef with somebody on the show. I, I have, have to-, to make something right with one member of the show. Correct. Is what it says. Yes. I, I do not have mm-hmm. tension or beef. I have to right a wrong that I personally committed. Oh, then I, the floor is all yours. Yeah, right? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I did a Burt Show member dirty, and I have to make it right. And it has everything to do with our great Burt Show Bake Off. Well, um, all... F- of us had to come in here and create the same recipe and make it um, banana muffins. Mm-hmm. Um, Kristen was the front runner on here. She loves the TV show that our competition was based on. She bakes all the time. She was feeling pretty good about herself, brought her stuff in, and it came in dead last. Dead last. It was an anonymous judging, and hers was judged as the worst banana muffin in the studio. Uh-huh, and... What beat my muffin? Everybody's. <laughs> <laughs> Including my, what I like to call, Burt's burnt banana loaf. <laughs> um, I got distracted. Mm-hmm. I don't bake. I don't cook. I don't know the difference between either. Mine came in here. I tried to DQ myself. If you watch the video, I, I took myself out of the competition. And Kristen said, oh, no, 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 no. You put that in there. Uh-huh. You made it. You put it in the competition because it wasn't even a muffin. It was a burnt loaf. But that's what they do during the technical on the Great British Baking Show, right? Like, it doesn't matter what it looks like, how bad is it is. You put something on the gingham altar to be judged. I didn't come in what some people say third place. I call it just beat Kristen, (laughs) (laughs) which I did. I came in third. Hers, Uh um, I think Rebecca actually said, I hate this one when she was referring to your your muffins. (laughs) I hate it. So I think it's fair to say that I was very much a sore loser. All right. Who's coming in last? Coming in dead last. It's number three. Oh, that was mine. Mine be hers? Was it three? <laughs> no, it's number two. I number right. two is last. <laughs> okay, that is, that is mine. Number two is oh, dead last. Oh, you're oh. left. You're left. Oh. Way. Oh. Way. Oh. Sucks to suck. Go Bart ate my muffin, and it was delicious. I'm sure he said it was. I'm sure. (laughs) Are you saying that mine, my burnt banana loaf, beat Kristen's? Yours is second to last. came in. I'm number three. I'm number three. 
Oh, this was Kristen's favorite wow. show. So yeah, I didn't handle my defeat well. And in the process, what happened is the true winner did not get her due. It ended up being about me and my poor attitude, and I want to write that wrong. Because Cassie won the first ever Burt Show Bake Off, and she deserves to be recognized. <laughs> she deserves her day in the sun. She came in three places higher than you, Chris. Which is why... <laughs> I got you this. Oh, a little trophy. It's true. It's true. I got her a little trophy. This is so cute. That says best muffin, Cassandra Young. Now is your moment to shine, Cassie. Your acceptance speech for winning the Burt Show Bake Off because you had the most delicious muffin. I've had a career I'm proud of. I've been written about in Forbes and textbooks. This is all true. I've been covered by national news. And I've won other illustrious awards. But this, this is the first award that I have won while being part of the Burt Show. <laughs> and I will display it proudly in my non-office. So in a closet in my house. And it shall sit on that shelf proudly. No, thank you. This is the first Burt Show baking, that. cooking uh, competition I've ever, yeah. like... <laughs> placed above fourth in. You need to put that trophy right there in front of your mic so Krista has to look I at it. I am not going to run it in her face. That is fine. It is going to go on my mantle at home, though. <laughs> it's going to go on the fireplace. I'm uh, not kidding. Just no, from reflecting the boast back, of you, just, I was Reflecting back, I was like, I did not handle that well. <laughs> And nope. it distracted from the, the winner, and I just wanted to make sure you got your due, and you were you were fully recognized for your delicious, moist <laughs> muffins. It you is, are so sweet. It is funny that this show came from the Great British Bake Off, and Cassie is half British. Oh, yeah, true. Full British. Yeah, yeah. I was born That's there. Right. So just so this is a teachable moment here for right. uh, other chefs. Yes. Cassie, if you could just rattle off one suggestion to make uh, the muffins as good as they did. And then, Kristen, if you could tell us what you did so we stay away from that, mm -hmm. then I think that we would both, we would all be better educated. I think my tip would be don't be Kristen. <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. I will sit here and admit I know that Kristen is the better baker between the two of us. No, that's not proven. No, no that is no, not proven. I'm not. I've had her dessert. She is a, an amazing baker. This, it's. I'm not going to call it a fluke. I deserve this, but I can recognize talent recognizes talent. Kristen, what is the one thing that people should not do if they are making these muffins? Because clearly it was a failure all across the board. Be me. <laughs> Congratulations, guys! I'm sure it'll never come up on the show ever again. It shouldn't. I've righted my wrongs. This is going to be. This is. We will never have to speak of it again. Cassie has her trophy. She has been fully recognized as she should be. Let's drop it. I'm just going to place this right here in your eyesight on my mic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Hashtag never forget. <laughs> hey, The Burt Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's The Burt Show's entertainment buzz.
It's only been two months since the divorce news, and Sophie Turner may already have a new man in her life. She was reportedly spotted kissing British aristocrat Peregrine Pearson, which somebody on Twitter sounds says that he sounds like he is a character in a tween sleuthing novel. Like he is the long lost character in a game of Clue. Just Peregrine Pearson bopping around solving mysteries. No way Sophie calls him Peregrine. He ha- They have to call him Perry. 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 No, I'd call him Peregrine. Would you? That's kind of hot. It sounds like he's got money. Like every time I would say it, well, yeah, he does. I, I feel like $5 would be venmo to me. <laughs> like that's how much money this man has. I can't find this dude. Is he, is this an upgrade for her? Um, he's it, taller. It, it depends what you consider an upgrade. Like Joe Jonas is an American icon because he's a pop star, but you also have Peregrine Pearson who dated King Charles's goddaughter, oh, Princess Maria Olympia of both Greece and Denmark, two countries. So... I mean, he's he's not like hot, but wait, let me look him up again. He's a, he's an yeah, aristocrat. He's all right. He's aristocratically hot. Like if he were a prince, you'd be like, that's a hot prince. Yes, but if you just saw him in a bar, probably wouldn't walk up to him. I, what I mean, his family's worth two hundred and seventy-one million pounds. Oh, he's hot though. Oh, he's yeah. hot. Women will think that's he's hot. hot. Yeah. Can I be honest? I think he's really hot. I do too. That's because he's tall, Abby, and has brown hair. Those are my two requirements. So that should have been a given. He's got nice teeth. <laughs> do you know? looks like? He's like. You guys are talking about a 4-H cow. No. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like two of the characters from a New Girl meshed together. He does. He looks like Nick from and Schmidt. Yes! From New Girl. Like Nick. Yes, he, he does not. Both of them are hot in their own right, okay? I would milk all these cows. It looks like Nick and Schmidt had a baby and named a Peregrine. Yeah, and they would. Yes! They would. And he's got nice gums. <laughs> His nostrils are equal. Yeah, he's got clean eyebrows. <laughs> I think he looks very cute. Anyway, very so Very nice upper lip. <laughs> a stiff upper, upper lip. <laughs> so, yeah, the son obtained photos of what looks to be like Sophie Turner. That's how they're identifying her. I saw the photo. It looks exactly like Sophie Turner. Apparently, they were at the Rugby World Cup final match together and had a little smooch session before they got in their separate cars. Okay, so your your divorce isn't final, and it's only been two months, and it has been contentious out the gate because of, like, where the kids were living, et cetera, and you do have kids involved. If you, because I felt a certain way when I saw her kissing a dude in public, I felt it was disrespectful. Mm. Uh, You you think it was calculated? I don't think it was calculated. I I don't think it was calculated per se, but it's like, it's too soon to be in public kissing somebody else. Um, And I would felt the same way if Joe had done it. Mm -hmm. Like if Joe had gotten seen kissing somebody else, I would have been like, dude, like the ink hasn't even dried on the divorce papers. Oh wait, the divorce papers aren't even done yet. Like (laughs) it's just too much, too fast. I will say in the photo that I saw of them kissing, it looks like he caught her off guard. So it looks like he went in for the kiss and you can kind of see her stiffen up a little bit. Like, ooh, wasn't expecting that. But I will say it looks like if this was even an option for him to swoop in and think that he could score with a kiss. They were obviously on a date, which I think is still a little too soon. Again, the divorce papers aren't even out there yet. I got to be honest with you. I I told you guys this before. After my divorce, I was out of my freaking mind. I was just, um, I wasn't thinking straight. I'm not proud of the dude. I was right out of that um, divorce, but she may not even be thinking straight right now. And let's not forget, it kind of seems like Joe Jonas's camp tried to lead a smear campaign and attacked her as a mother. 
So there's not really much there to respect anymore. I'd be out doing whatever I want to do. I always feel like once you leave a relationship, you left. So you don't owe the person anything. You can do what you want. Unless it's me. Then it's too soon. Right. <laughs> it would hurt, though, right? Yeah, if you it would were hurt. Absolutely. Like two months in was like smooching somebody and you were getting pictures of it. Yeah, it would hurt. For sure. Well, this, especially being a celebrity, I feel like you just, it comes with the territory whether you like it or not, and you have to be conscious about that stuff. They also have kids together, and she knows that they're going to grow up and see these photos on the internet yeah. somewhere. I think it's a little too soon, but I mean, I think paparazzi photos are kind of the equivalent of when somebody's going through a breakup and they post like a cryptic hand on your Instagram story, like, ooh, I could be out with another man. Mm-hmm. You don't know. I think they utilize the paparazzi in that way to show that they're getting out and moving on, even though we know at home it's probably a much, much different story. Okay, Jacob Elordi might be going just a little bit too far with uh, his Elvis um, work. For, he's going to be, he's playing Elvis in the new Pr- Priscilla movie. Um, it's an A24 film directed by Sofia Coppola. And we know we already had Austin Butler go a little bit too far because he talked like Elvis for the next year after filming. <laughs> but he but, did really good. Like he was a very believable Elvis. That is true. But if you're like going out with this dude and he's still Elvis for a year, you're annoyed as hell. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> People are saying, Jacob Elordi's doing a lot better and we didn't have to hear him talk about like Elvis for the last year but he did say he ate a pound of bacon a day in order to prepare for this role which you can't tell because the man's like six foot seven where that fat's going nowhere (laughs) (laughs) okay it's the biggest song of the season and she's getting sued over it for 20 million dollars it's on your next e-buzz on the Burt Show the Burt Show sometimes you just have to pick a side all right so it's the mental load debate for spouses when it comes to household chores sometimes you just gotta pick a side. Yeah, and I want to go ahead and brace Cassie, because I know this is a sticking point for her when it comes to mental load. And I saw this audio in a reel, and it just, oh, it resonated so hard. So it's a guy called Jimmy underscore on underscore relationships. And he posted this video, and he's talking to himself, right? He's playing the man, and he's playing the woman in this in this um, Instagram reel. So it's husband and wife having a conversation about mental load, and it's a domestic labor debate. So essentially just about the, the chores in a household. So I want you to listen to both sides and determine who you think is right. Can we please talk about how we do chores around here? What's the problem? I'm just done, honestly. I don't feel like we're equals at all. I feel like I have to take on all the mental load, and if I don't do the mutual chores, then they don't get done. Okay, fine. Just tell me what you want me to do. No, it's not my job to tell you what to do. You live here, too. You can look around and see what needs to be done and just do it. Listen, I'm just trying to help. Just tell me what chores you want me to do. Nobody has to tell me what chores need to get done, and yet they all still get done, don't they? And you asking me what needs to get done is just placing more mental load on me. Now I have to think about and plan and execute how and when you're going to get things done. I'm still the project manager. Can you understand how frustrating that is? Yes, but... Ultimately, you're the one that wants things to be different, so don't you think you need to tell me how to make you happy? Well, you've lived here for quite a while, so I bet if you really wanted to, you could meal plan for the family too. You could remember the kids need to take a bath, their homework needs to get done, the dishwasher still needs to be loaded and unloaded, the floors still need to be swept. Okay, you know everything there is to know about the sports and hobbies that you follow, but you act like you have no idea what needs to happen to support a family outside of a paycheck. I give you way more credit than that. I'm just saying it feels like I'm perfectly set up to fail, because even if I do the chores, which you haven't told me which ones to do. You're just going to come behind me and criticize me for doing them the wrong way, even though you refuse to tell me the way you wanted them done. I don't think I'll have a problem if you just do them correctly. You mean correctly according to you. I mean correctly according to anyone who's actually trying. Okay. Sounds good. I can't imagine this going wrong at all. 
Okay. They both suck. <laughs> That's funny. It's hard. It's really hard because there are so many things to debate here. Like, yeah. I do think that there should be a conversation at some point, like, who's going to do what around the house? Have you guys had that with your significant others? We we have, yes. And that's why my husband and I actually got into, I would say, like, a little spat. It wasn't an argument. It wasn't a fight. It was a spat. Because I was trying to help, and I wanted to do the dishes, and he intervened and stopped me from doing the dishes because I won't do the dishes the way he does the dishes, and he is very particular about the way he does the dishes. Mm-hmm. But I was fed up with the, um, all of, just the clutter that was in the kitchen, and... It, I just, I wanted it to get done. And he was busy. He, it's not like he wasn't doing anything. He was laying sod in the entire backyard. The man had been busting his ass all day. So one, I wanted to help him. And two, I wanted to get rid of the clutter. But then I was told not to do it and he would do it. So now I feel bad. And it's just, it, it felt like a no-win situation. It's an endless circle right there, uh-huh. right? But in most healthy relationships, and clearly I haven't been in a lot of these, um, <laughs> do you guys like sit down and go, okay, so this is going to be what you're going to do. This is what I'm going to do. So it's written somewhere or said somewhere. It wasn't ever written. It was just understood. He does the laundry. He does the dishes. He does the grocery shopping. Now, when it comes to the laundry, he does it, but then it gets laid out, and I'm responsible for putting it up. I put up Jimmy's clothes. I put up my clothes, et cetera. Um, and then as the the breadwinner, like, my main job is to, you know, make money so we can pay the bills. And that's just, you know, and then when it comes to mental load, I handle the buying of Christmas gifts. I handle the, you know, making our home feel like a home and the decorating and the, you know, things and things of that nature. I do, I'm in charge of our schedules and all the planning. And when it comes to Jimmy's schedule and his play dates, and if we're going to a pumpkin patch and stuff like that, I handle all of those things. Did this happen organically though? It did. It did. did. Okay. How about you? How about you, Cass? No, I mean, we do, we both do the chores. I mean, that's what it is. It's very much like in the video, like you're an adult, you can look around and see what Mm -hmm. needs to be done. But with the understanding that some days, like the dishes aren't going to get done because we're both too tired. But I do think what is important and a lot of people are missing, because I feel like I used to be the quote unquote woman in this video being like, can't you just look around and see that stuff needs dust? Like I'm busting my butt over here. Why do I need to tell you? But it's expectations. Like, so I've learned that my husband just does not care about some things. And it's not because he's slovenly or messy. Just it doesn't bother him the way it bothers me. Mm -hmm. And once we had conversations about expectations and me being like, hey, when everything's picked up, my mental state is way better. And it makes it easier for me to execute X, Y, and Z tasks. Then he gets it. And then he's like, okay, I see that you place more value in that. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to do it now. So. I think a lot of it, too, is just miscommunication about the partners not caring the same amount about specific tasks. And so one, like the wife is like, I don't understand why you're never doing this. And the guy's like, I don't. What is literally what is the issue? I always want to default to Tommy and Renee here because they've been married 27 years. So clearly they're doing something right. Um, Did you guys ever have a talk about chores or is it just organically? (sighs) You do this. She does that. No. And Kristen sent this audio and I listened to it and I feel so freaking guilty because she does does so much at home. And you guys both work. Yeah. And she works at home. And I feel like she does a lot more than me. So there'll be times when I try and do extra. Like, she's out of town right now. So I'll try and, like, wash clothes and do other things and and make sure things are done before she gets home. And she really, really appreciates it. But I 
I'll be honest, I don't do it nearly enough. I don't do my share at home, and this audio just made me feel like crap. You're welcome. <laughs> That's what the Burt Show does. <laughs> That's what we do. Get it. The Burt Show. All right, we call it Follow-Up Thursday because there are some things on the Burt Show, some storylines that, frankly, we just kind of forget about. And you're like, hey, Burt Show, do you remember the blank? Can you blankety-blank on the blank and give me an update? So um, this one comes from Araminta Williams, who I think is really good about yeah. reminding us of stuff. She hey, is. Burt Show, uh, can we get a follow-up uh, Thursday on the girl who was being taken out on dates like 30 to 40 minutes away? The guy insisted that there were no good restaurants nearby, even though there were plenty of restaurants in their area. Uh, when Elena finally got them to a place closer, she noticed her date was very uncomfortable. So whatever happened, I kind of remember this. All right, so this happened just a couple months ago. Elena was dating a guy who lived less than 10 minutes from her, but every time he wanted to go out, he would pick places that were over an hour away. She thought it was so odd, so we suggested she make a reservation at a place close to them. He agreed to go, but last minute he backed out because he wasn't feeling good. We all agreed it was super shady. The next time he asked her out, she doubled down and recommended a restaurant near them. He claimed they were booked, but she called herself and found out he was lying. Backed into a corner, he agreed to go to the restaurant on their side of town. But during the date, he made no physical contact and seemed anxious. Last we heard, she was considering confronting him about a strange behavior. Did she ever figure out why he was being so strange? I even forgot they actually went on a date somewhere nearby. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, Abby has the email update. Hey, Bert Show. Yes, I'm still seeing him. I had finally decided to have an open and honest conversation with him about the pattern of always going to places far away. Well, I was right. He was trying to hide me and be secretive about dating me. However, it was actually for reasons that show he's a good person. The reason behind it wasn't what I expected. He wasn't hiding a second life or some other relationship. He really and truly was single. However, he and his ex had not yet told other people that they were broken up. Mm -hmm. His ex had a lot going on in her world and with her family. At her request, he kept quiet about the breakup for a couple of months. He eventually did go public with the fact that he and his ex broke up. After that, he did take me to a few restaurants just to make sure I knew that he liked me and had nothing to hide. However, we are now back to places further away. Mostly now because he wants to move a little further out and get a fresh start. And he wants to start any new relationship in a part of town that doesn't remind him of the last few years. So that is the update. Things are so far so good. That seems legit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not I can't mad at it. Yeah. I'm not mad at that either. Sounds yeah. like a solid dude right here. Just I wanted to avoid the drama. I would hopefully um, hope that he comes around soon, though, because I don't want to keep having to drive three hours to get some steak. Yeah. <laughs> At some point, bro. All right, Abby, your hot take here on marathons. This one makes no sense to me. What? Why? Because I think it's more inspiring to go to the finish line of a marathon and be surrounded by people who are supporting the person that has been training for months to do a marathon. I think it's more inspiring than actually running the marathon. <laughs> now, am I biased here because I don't want to run a, ma a marathon? Absolutely. So if you don't know my mom, which if you're listening, you probably don't know my mom. She is one of the fittest people 
I have ever met in my entire life. She is five foot two, a hundred pounds of just pure muscle. And she enjoys running marathons. So growing up, she would always take us to marathons. And I used to hate it because that means we would have to get up at like 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. And we would have to stand around and wait at the finish line. And as I've got older and they don't like need to tote me and my brother around to <laughs> marathons anymore, we stopped going. And it's only been in the last couple of years that I've actually attended her last few marathons. So we went to one about two years ago in California. That is one of the hardest marathons you can do. It's in Big Sur, California, and it's just nothing but hills. Mm. And she got to the end of that finish line and was so beat up by the end of it that she's like, I don't think I could ever do a marathon ever again, which is shocking to me because she, I've only ever known her as someone incredibly athletic. It has a lot of grit, doesn't like to be a victim. And so I was very surprised that she was just going to roll down and take it. So she was getting ready for another marathon that we went to um, this weekend. And I was surprised that she was even going through it because she just broke her leg a couple of months ago, was in the recovery process for that. And she was adamant that she was never going to run a marathon ever again. So when she called me up a couple weeks ago and said, hey, we're going to DC for this marathon. I was like, okay, you sure about this? So she hasn't even been training for it. She, I mean, she runs every day Mm -hmm. and she's been training, but up until like the week before, she was not even sure that she was going to run it. She's like, I'm not sure if my leg is recovered. I remember Big Sur a couple years ago and that was incredibly painful. I just do not know if I can handle it. Little badass. Uh, She she really is. Um, I'm like, I can't believe I'm related to her because I run two miles and I'm like, (laughs) I'm just, I just didn't get the athletic gene. So we fly out to DC and this marathon was really special because it was the Marine Corps Marathon. Mm-hmm. You have to be sponsored by a member of the armed forces and it, it just takes a lot to get in and um, that was one of the reasons why she committed to doing it because she was like, I have I got a sponsor, I already paid, I might as well go. And you're running for a fallen soldier. And you're running for a fallen soldier on the back of her uh, running, runner card. You know how they had the numbers on, mm-hmm. on their front? On the back of hers was a um, a fallen soldier. Mm -hmm. She literally met somebody who knew this guy who had passed away. So the entire time you're running, you're doing it for them. You get to mile 12. They have all the photos of these fallen soldiers um, lined up on the side so you can see their faces as you're running. It's just incredibly moving. So as my mom is running 26 miles, I'm on the side of a road of of a highway in DC somewhere trekking to get to the finish line because you can't Uber there Mm -hmm. because there's crowds. They've blocked off the roads. So I'm like hitchhiking and I'm like, I don't know how she's doing this 10 (laughs) times over because just doing the two and a half miles to get there was brutal. (laughs) So the way, where the finish line was, it's at Arlington National Cemetery. It's right in front of the uh, Marine Corps Memorial. And I'm starting to walk by and I'm seeing people just crowding the last mile of this race. And it was so beautiful to see people cheering on um, people that they knew that were running the marathon. Everybody had made a big deal of this one special moment for them, but also seeing so many members of the military running this race. I mean, there were people with prosthetic legs running this race. One of the most moving things that I saw that like made me choke up when I got there is like the the um, finish line is at the top of a hill. And there's this one member of the armed services that was running the 
running the marathon and they're literally hauling up somebody in a wheelchair up this hill. And I'm like, God, like this is so beautiful to witness that if I was running this race, sure, I might see them pass, but you're getting to see so many people make it to the end of this big moment. And so I'm standing at the end and we don't really have any connections to the military, but it was a big deal to see my mom cross the finish line. She really didn't think she was even going to get to run it. And I was the only person there for her. My dad was golfing somewhere. <laughs> and my mom gets to the end and I'm watching all um, the people come to the, the end of the finish line. And there's my mom hobbling right. over the finish line. And I'm just like, that's my mom! <laughs> and I have to say, like, I'm sure it was a big deal to get to finish and feel good. But um, I was probably the most proud person there getting no to witness doubt. it all happen. That's yeah. awesome. Um, when I, li- I lived in D.C. for eight years, so I know the marathon that you're talking about. And that last hill everybody talks about is really, really beautiful because you've got the Lincoln Memorial at your back and you're going over, I can't remember the name of that bridge, might be the Key Bridge, and you've been running for a fallen soldier and right in front of you is Arlington Cemetery. Mm. So you could see all of the tombstones and graves that you've been running for. And it's a really inspirational couple of hours. I would suggest, even if you're not into running, you should witness it one night. I mean, you, you tend to forget the amount of people that have fallen for this country. And when you go to Arlington, woo, it'll hit you in the heart and the soul every single time. It was beautiful. Made me proud to be an American. <laughs> it's the I'm not a huge fan of spicy foods, but I do like a bit of spice in other areas of my life. Reality TV fights, make it spicy. My margaritas, make them very spicy. And when it comes to the spice cabinet you keep beside your bed, you gotta have a wide variety of spices to keep things heated up. If you've been looking for some more flavor to add to your life behind closed doors, Adam and Eve can help you bring the heat with some fun new items to turn up the temp between you and someone else. Or if it's a single girl summer, there's plenty of options for those of you riding solo this year. Adam and Eve is offering 50% off just about any item and they'll include free shipping and rush processing so you can spice things up ASAP. And you don't gotta worry about your neighbors noticing your delivery. Adam and Eve ships things out in discreet packaging. So you and Deborah down the street don't have to make awkward eye contact when you get your mail. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item and select just enter offer code Abby at checkout. That's A-B-B-Y at adamandeve.com. This exclusive offer is specific to this podcast so be sure to use code Abby to get your discount Code Abby. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Get it? The Bird Show. And Kristen's got an epic weekend planned. I mean, it's so hard when you get to a certain age to, like, get together with all of your <laughs> friends, right? Life gets in the way, that window of spontaneity. Buh-bye.
these little things called kids. Kids. Jeez. Sucking you your time. However, my girl group, we have made a pact every single year we do a trip together. It's always this first weekend in November. It's all for Amanda's birthday because we all turn the same year, um, the same age in the same year. And so um, there's there's four of us, the core four. You got Amanda, you got Brittany, you got Michelle, and you got me. And so we always do these girl trips just to kind of reconnect with each other because I'm, I'm in one state, Brittany's in another state, Michelle and Amanda are in another state. And so when you're divided like that, um, you have a hard time keeping up with each other. And just so you understand, like, the, uh, the, the intensity of this friendship. I've known Amanda since she was in third grade. I've known Michelle since we were in sixth grade. And I've known Brittany since I was a freshman in college. Dang. So we go way back. I think Amanda and I tallied it up. Like, we've been friends for 35 years. Wow. 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 I know. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. Huh. Also, I feel really old, but whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, so this weekend is our girls' trip, and we always pick a different city in Florida to go to. So we've been to West Palm, we've been to Boca, we've been to Miami and uh, Fort Lauderdale. This time we're doing Hollywood Beach, right? And so it's it's always interesting when the four of us get together because we have busy lives, um, and we all have kids and any dude knows that this is the group of women that <laughs> is going to be the drunkest and the loudest, but also be passed out by eight o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, no kids, let your hair down. Nobody hanging on. You don't have anything to do all at the same time. You're going hard. Yeah. We used to go harder. Um, we don't go as hard, but we still go hard. So what I've done is I've made Girls trip bingo cards for you guys, okay? <laughs> and so when I come back on Monday, I will go through like what we were able to accomplish on said trip. So just to kind of give you an idea of what's going to be, and these are all individual to you. So it's going to be like a real game of bingo when I come back and I'll start rattling off. Instead of like B9, <laughs> I'm going to say happy cry. Okay. And everybody has to look and see if they can find happy cry. There's inevitably, there's tears on a girls trip. It's just, it's going to happen. Okay, can and I have an example of happy cry that has happened on a previous trip between you and the girls. Um, we had a very big happy cry because, no joke, on the girls' trip, my friend's divorce got finalized. Oh, that's that's oh, good. Okay. So mm, we popped that good. we popped that vuve on the yeah. balcony and had ourselves a good cry. And you guys probably were sharing in the pain of that divorce yes. together, also. So when it was final, I'm sure. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And then I'll be like, "All right, everybody, look at your card." All right, in 32, sad cry. Does sad anybody cry. have a sad, sad cry? cry. <laughs> All right, same question. Um, one of these trips, give us an example of a sad cry that happened. Well, we've, I mean, we've all, like, three of us have lost parents. Mm-hmm. And so, it, you know, and there's been other losses as well. And so, and sure. there's been struggles in relationships. And you will be coming back from the bar or the club. Mm-hmm. And we will get back to the hotel room and you'll just be sitting 
sitting on the bathroom floor with your yep. mascara streaking like, oh, this is just so overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. This is so emotional. And I think women are like emotional dominoes, man. Once one starts crying, the other one starts crying, then the other one starts crying. They all fall, man. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's like when one person pukes and you start. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's funny you just say that. Oh, 68. Puke. Okay. Right. <laughs> who was the last one to puke? Oh, who was the last puker? I'm pretty good about not puking, believe it or not. I'm going to have to give... Brittany's, it's a real badge of honor at our age. Thank you, I know. Um, uh, there's one of us that does get bubble guts quite a bit. I did not put bubble guts on here. Um, I'm, I'm not going to call her out. I'm not going to call her out. Okay. But she 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 knows who she is. And she she thinks she can handle more than she actually can. Uh, okay. Mm. She one of these teen, teen little things? Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. All right. So we have happy cry, sad cry, puke. You obviously get your free space. Um, also, an I, 17, lose a person. <laughs> Lose a person. Somebody gets lost. Oh, yes. And I'm calling her out, Amanda. We lose Amanda every single year. She's the one that gets drunk and starts walking? She, well, yeah, so we were at our hotel. It was in the hotel, but it's a huge hotel. And we couldn't find her. And so we are, like, walking through this. And it's a really nice hotel. And we're like, Amanda. Because when we get drunk, our southern accents come out. Amanda. Manders. Manders. And then we come around a corner, and there she is, passed out on a couch in a little corner cove of the hotel, just sitting there, man-spreading on this couch. And we're like, Amanda, Amanda, this is a nice hotel, Amanda. We can't act like this at the breakers. Come on, Amanda. I know a group of friends who um, literally will tie tied a tile tag to one of their friends because she would always oh, take off when yeah. she got drunk so they could track her down and then beep it if they can't yep. find her. Yep. So it pings her location. I, I feel like one of the guys get drunk, I mean, lost on a guy's trip. Like, we don't even look for him. No. Right? No, like, no, no, no. Figure it out. Sincerely, on my, um, I went to Hawaii with four other dudes, right? One dude hooked up with a girl for three. We didn't see him for three days. <laughs> we, he ended up on the bus serious? on the way to the airport. We weren't even concerned. Not even a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Was having a great time. Yeah. Absolutely not. <laughs> we couldn't care less. Not we were high fiving each other. <laughs> All right. So your next one in forty four lose an item, not a person, but an item. <laughs> and this happens every single year. Brittany thought she lost her earrings. We were scouring through that hotel room, and there they were, like in a very easily easy easily findable spot uh, and they're really expensive earrings all right mm. next on the list get hit on Ooh. okay okay uh, i mean you can't lie we, you know we bring our nice dresses we bring the hills we do the hair and the makeup we go mm-hmm. out to a bar you're hoping at least yeah. you know one person gets hit on right sure. is there a favorite in the group to get hit on um <laughs> it can backfire yeah no. that can backfire because mm-hmm. that caused mm, that, that, that was a bachelorette party way back in the day not one of these girls trips but I told you about that when my friend Amanda told me to go to the front of the line at a Vegas club because I could get us in and then my friend Michelle's feelings were hurt because oh, Amanda yeah. like she thought Amanda was trying to say I was prettier than her <laughs> and she couldn't get us in oh man so we went the to this Vegas club through. and she's crying yeah. at the bar and yeah so that was that was the thing this wasn't a girls trip but there was a, tr- a business trip we all took down to Miami where we put Kristen in the middle of the room to get hit on remember you wanted to get your mojo back yeah I, I had so- you know how you've been in a slump? Yeah. I was in a slump, and it was bad. Uh-huh. It was like the Sahara out there. There was 
no water to be found anywhere. <laughs> you got to get that red nail polish out. So we got her all dressed up and we're like, Kristen, you're crazy, man. Look at you. You're beautiful. Let's just put you in the middle of the bar and you just watch. Guys are going to run up to you. They're going to stream. And there she was, the, the middle of the bar. And Tommy and I are in the corner as no guys are hitting on her one after the other. <laughs> going by going, this is backfiring terribly. Yeah, and yeah, to your point, after literally like 30, 45 minutes of me sitting alone in the middle of the bar while the guys are at the other end just watching all of this shamefully go down. And Tommy and I are like, okay, here comes one, here comes one. Oh, no. <laughs> skirt? Nope, that was just a tumbleweed. <laughs> Very intimidating. You're too beautiful. Yeah. 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 All right, another space is apologize. It, at some point in time, you end up having like a moment where somebody got their feelings hurt about something, and then so you have to have like this big, like major apology of some sort. It's very random. Sometimes it doesn't even make sense. There's sometimes things from the very, very past. I mean, you guys have a lot of history. Oh God, yeah. So some stuff that happened way back in the day come up, like from the seventh grade. For sure. You remember when you and Michelle used to walk on the sidewalk, and you make me walk in the back because I was the third. Um, and then lastly injury. We are okay. women of a certain age uh, and we don't drop it like it's hot. We drop it like it's tepid now. And it's just somebody's <laughs> going to like blow out an ankle, blow out a knee. Somebody's going to get injured. It's so. even worse like when you don't blow anything out, but you've had a good time that night and you wake up like you've just run a marathon. Like, what did I do except live? <laughs> <laughs> it's just breathing. <laughs> All right. Bingo card. Have a great weekend. Thank you. The Bird Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Bird Show's entertainment buzz. Mariah Carey is getting sued again. Again? For her hit song, All I Want for Christmas is You. If this story sounds familiar, it's because this time last year, she was also getting sued by the same guy, a songwriter named Vince Vance. He's not alleging that it sounds the same. He's saying that Mariah basically stole the name and the subject matter of his song, also named All I Want for Christmas is You. So he's basically saying that she has palmed off these works with her incredulous origin story, which is basically calling out the fact that she only wrote the song in 15 minutes, as if those works were her own. Her hubris, hubris knows no bounds, and even her co-credited songwriter doesn't believe the story she has spun, even though he was quoted saying it, but whatever. <laughs> this is simply a case of actionable infringement, and not only is he saying all of this stuff, but he's also hired the same lawyer that was in the Shake It Off lawsuit for Taylor Swift's song, and that was a confidential settlement. So I don't know if he won mm. that, and that's why he thinks he can now win, but yeah, they're suing her for $20 million. Ooh, Ooh yeah, because that, that's been such a, a hit song for so long. Right, and that one is only about the lyrics, right? It's it's just about the songwriting, not as far as like melody, because that, obviously that song sounds nothing like Mariah Carey's "All I Want for Christmas." Very, very different. They're just alleging that she stole kind of the whole concept of the song and then just redid it with a different beat and different lyrics. But kind of like the nugget of the idea—that's what they're upset about. But I mean, and I think this happens in comedy as well. Like two people at the same time can come up with a similar joke. It doesn't mean that one person stole it. It just means like you came up with it about the same time, especially if something is as relevant, right? Yeah, absolutely. Comedy, a lot like music, you, you can take uh, something that someone else did, have your own delivery, your own style, and bring it to life your own way. And then a lot of times that does happen where somebody kind of takes something really small and you take that and turn it into something really big and they feel like you owe them something. But mm -hmm. 
It doesn't always work out that way. It's sort of like saying if a songwriter got cheated on and they wanted to write a song about getting cheated on, like you stole my idea for a song about getting back at your ex that cheated on you. It just seems silly, Mm -hmm. honestly. But maybe he'll win it. $20 million this time around. All right, ex-NBA player Joe Smith's wife has an OnlyFans, and he's not happy about it. We talked about this a couple days ago because there's a video going viral where she is recording his reaction of him finding out that she has an OnlyFans, and she's like, listen, I got to pay the bills somehow. You knew that before we even met, I was an adult film actor, so you really shouldn't be surprised about this. And she said... In an interview with TMZ, she had to do what she had to do. I'm not sorry for what I'm doing. I'm just sorry that he can't understand that it's not, that wasn't a selfish um, decision. It was a decision that I made. I made an executive decision when my man wasn't taking the lead. I really love Joe. Um, I just, I love him. Um, If we were, like, if he never speaks to me again, I still will do things to help him or whatever I can because he's my family. You know, he's like an intricate part of my life and I just want the best for us. She's saying that they're even... I wish he wanted that. Also, that's really where I'm at. Sorry, she takes so many pauses. I thought she was done. So she's saying that they're actually currently living separately, but she doesn't believe they're going to get a divorce. The bombshell that she dropped in this interview was that I guess Joe is entertaining another woman and that woman is the is the person that leaked the information that she has an OnlyFans to him. And she thinks that it was her trying to sabotage their relationship. So he had no idea she had OnlyFans. No, no. idea. Yeah we, got, yeah, we got into this hot and heavy the other day. We did. And it's sad that even through all of what happened with social media, she still doesn't see her the error of her ways in this and the way that she went about handling it and not telling him and recording the conversation. It was so nasty to me that a lot of people didn't want to believe it was real, but it's obviously real, and their marriage is genuinely on um, the edge now. I know, and I feel bad, too, because, I mean, she talked about it in the interview about the fact that, like, the money's run out. He was worth $61 million, but now that money's kind of nowhere to be found. She talked about his struggle with depression, and I, she, she felt like she had to do what she had to do to pay the bills. So I don't think what she did was right, but I get why she did it. So her OnlyFans was by herself or with other people? By, by herself. herself. By herself. Mm-hmm. Got it. For more stories, head to thebirtshow.com. Click eBuzz. The Burt Show. Sometimes you guys are frustrated because you don't feel like your prayers are being answered. And that's because you're praying to saints that are busy. <laughs> uh, a lot of them are just, uh, they got other things to do. Mm-hmm. And I have told you guys now for decades that the one saint that always will answer your call, call collect, call always there for you, is um, St. Anthony. And St. Anthony is like the saint of lost things. And I've told you guys time and time again how many times I've lost things over the years, said this really quick prayer, and then I miraculously find the things. So I got two DMs over the course of the last couple of weeks asking me about the prayer of St. Anthony. Um, The latest one, the one I'm going to tell you about today, because I referred to you last week when somebody else used it and it worked, I think that they had lost some earrings Um, she didn't know where they placed them. They filed a police report. She said that she remembered my segment and she asked me about it. She said the prayer. And then yesterday I get this, the St. Anthony prayer work. Turns out they were in a box at my mom's storage unit. Thank you millions for your advice. I was able to pass it on someone in need. 
He's always there. How about that? Wow. The, the dude is always picking up. They even filed a police report? Wow. Yeah. He needs some hobbies, St. Anthony. <laughs> he does have that hobbies. Is his hobby. yeah. <laughs> the only hobby he has. <laughs> so boring. All right, we call it follow-up Thursday. What is follow-up Thursday, Kristen? All right, so follow-up Thursday is any segment on the show that we've done in the past that is kind of left open-ended, and you need to know what the heck happened. You hit us up saying, hey, Berg Show, whatever happened to blank? Well, we try to get some closure for you, and we actually have quite a few segments that we just kind of forget about, and we, we don't get the closure you need. So Lisa Richards hits us up on email and says, Last March, you talked to a woman named Ava who was happily dating a guy for six months, I think. However, when her boyfriend found out his ex was engaged, things took a turn. Can you do a follow-up Thursday? I was wondering what happened to them. All right, so this, again, she was right. It happened uh, this past March. Ava's relationship with her boyfriend of six months was going great, but things shifted after her boyfriend found out his ex-girlfriend was engaged. He was clearly upset, and Ava reached out to us for advice. We told her to be honest about her feelings, and she was. He admitted to still having feelings for his ex, but promised that he was working on getting over it. He tried to reassure Ava that his feelings for her were stronger than his feelings for his ex. Ava was hurt, but appreciated his honesty. She was torn between letting him work through his feelings and bailing on the relationship. What did Ava decide to do? Well, I actually decided to stick it out and give him the chance to work through his feelings. We've had some rough moments. I tend to get inside my head and feel really insecure at times. It is especially bad at times when he is needing his own space to process things. It's been a roller coaster for sure. However... I felt it was all worth trying because he's been actively seeking therapy to help him cope with his unresolved feelings for his ex. And we've been communicating more openly than ever. So, yes, we are still together. And I can see that he's genuinely trying to make our relationship work. It is going to sound weird, but I think this all made us closer. Seeing him vulnerable and helping him through some tough feelings has really made me care for him more. I think it also made him realize that I'm here to I'm here to support him and made him return to those same feelings. I'm not saying everything is magically perfect now, but we're taking it one day at a time. So that's where things stand at the moment. I'll keep you updated as things continue to evolve. I don't know, man. I know it's a hard one to get over. This whole one. I'm t- I mean, this is a whole brand new engagement and and marriage and everything and they're already talking about we're just taking it one day at a time it doesn't really sound like it's got a great foundation for me (laughs) i hope it works out i'm all about helping somebody through something but helping your current get through his ex man you're a bigger woman than i am Mm -mm. i admire it it's very admirable do Um, you i I do i mean for somebody to be able to do that you're a better person than me I, i would it happens. I get it. And I would want to give you the space to get over it, but I wouldn't be around to watch you do it. I couldn't do that. Could you? I couldn't do it. And it would hurt It would hurt my pride, mainly. Like, every time you bring up your ex and you trying to get over these feelings, it would make me feel like I'm not good enough for you and that you're not excited enough about our relationship to forget them. So, for me, I'm not a big enough person to where I would be able to stick around. Good for you. Hope you're in some kind of therapy because this would really hurt my self-esteem thinking that... Mm. Every time you're in a low moment, my first thought would be, he's thinking about his ex again. It would just eat away at me. Especially needing space. That part would be rough because you don't know what they're doing with the space, knowing that they're still not past that person (laughs) that they're crying over. Yeah, you better be real secure. Because if you're with somebody who you truly love and want to be with, 
then nothing that happens with your ex should matter, correct? Mm, at all. Like, you can be a little bit, like, maybe, like, longing what for what could have been fleetingly. But to be that torn up about an ex makes me feel like you have no business being in a relationship now. Mm, fleeting moment, yes. Therapy? No. You shouldn't need therapy for it. Because then I would feel like you're just with me as a as a way to console your feelings. You don't want to be alone. You'd rather be with anybody than have to sit in the uncomfort of having to move on from somebody. I would just feel like I was some kind of Band-Aid for your hurt feelings. I'm just trying to think, like, if you are in such a deep relationship and it doesn't work out, but you still remain really, really good friends, can't that still work? Even if you have a different girlfriend and you've moved on? Thanks for listening. Get more Bird Show fix at thebirdshow.com or follow us on social media at The Bird Show.